0: I'm going to share a couple statistics with you. And these aren't hard statistics to find, and they vary a bit, but I just did a quick Google search on money statistics. I'm going to read a few aloud, and then I'm going to share why I'm even talking about this. All right, here's the first one. Only 24% of millennials demonstrate basic financial literacy. 60% 60 of Americans carry credit card debt month to month, with the average household balance being about $8,400. So 6 out of 10 Americans have credit card balance that carry over month to month. 40% of Americans have less than $300 saved. Almost half of America has less than $300 saved. And 32% of Americans have nothing saved for retirement. One-third of American adults have nothing saved for retirement. Okay, why are we talking about this? Because these are the people that we're taking financial advice from. Now, that may sound stupid or may sound ridiculous, but it's true. We are taking advice from them. Why? Because they're a big swath of our population, and they're our friends, and they're our family. They are our coworkers they're social media influencers. These are people all around us that we respect. We respect these people because why? Because they are smart people. Why? Because they are good people. Why? Because we trust them. Why? Because they have influence in our lives. And so these people that we view respectfully, we we hold them in high esteem, that doesn't mean they're good with money. However, What happens is when we respect somebody and we trust them, we tend to listen to them. And this is especially true if we're a teenager or a young adult and we look at our parents. We view our parents pretty highly. Now, some of us, some of us don't during a certain period of time. But I think generally as we become young adults, we respect our parents' perspectives. And we view them as wise. They've been there before. And we want them to help us. And so we, we ask people all around us for their opinions on things. And so I think we lose sight of this notion that just because people are wise and they're smart, it doesn't mean they're good with money. These statistics would prove out that most people are not good with money, but we are listening to them. Their influence and their guidance and their advice and their behavior, it seeps into our pores. And I see this a lot with some of my young clients and and my young clients, especially female clients, they'll come to me and they'll say, hey Travis, my friend said this, my parents said that, my coworkers are doing this thing over here. What do you think about that? And these are crazy, crazy ideas that is being pushed down onto them. And they'll, they'll name it. They'll say, Travis, this is the opposite of what you talk about. This is the opposite of what I'm doing. What do you have to say about that? And what I have to say is keep doing exactly what you're doing. You are doing the right thing. And what's what's really funny to me, as these young men are talking down to these young women, telling them that how they need to wisen up and they need to do smarter things, and they need to do X, Y, Z to become rich and successful – what these young men don't know is that these young women are absolutely crushing it and these men would be so jealous to know how well these young ladies are doing. And I'm not saying it's always the women and the men in these roles. It's, it's all across the board, but this is the common structure that I see play out with this narrative. People that are doing the right thing are being told they're doing the wrong thing. And that puts them at an inflection point in their journey. They can either keep doing what they're doing or they can fall in to what culture is telling them to do, which I would say is a terrible choice. Now, fortunately, the people that I have the privilege of walking alongside, most of them continue on the path that they're on and, and they will be tremendously blessed for that very difficult decision. So it's, it's funny for me, it's sad, but it's funny for me to watch some of these people get ridiculed for their decisions when I know the truth I know they're doing better than most people in this country. And the fruit isn't there yet, but the foundation and the trajectory is there. And I'm watching it play out in real time. And, and I'm thinking to myself secretly, like if people knew how these people were actually doing, their jaws would drop to the floor. Because it's astounding what can happen when we do the right things for the right reasons. So with that in mind, the other day I put out an Instagram survey. So I just put out a, a little question on, on my Instagram stories asking what's, the most, what's one of the most toxic things about money and careers that you hear over and over and over again? And I'm going to read some of these off. I'll, I'll add some color a little bit, but I'm going to let them stand on their own. Um, got some great feedback from folks. And, and I laugh at these because I, I see these all the time. In fact, some of these I've already started to block out podcast episodes about it because it's so pervasive in our society. And so here we go. Here's the feedback I received. What are some of the most common toxic ideas about money and career that you often hear? And here's what some of my Instagram people said. Being a teacher means that you'll be forever broke. And I laugh at this one because I coach a lot of teachers and it couldn't be further from the truth. But that is, again, that is our culture. Our culture says if you're going to become a teacher, you're going to be broke. You're going to live poor. Um, I laugh at this one. The next two are, are so 2021. You should pull all of your money out of your 401k and invest it in crypto. Holy cow. That's an intense one. Uh, but I'm, I am seeing that a lot. I'm seeing people suggest this a lot. The next one's even crazier. Don't invest in the stock market at all because the U.S. dollar is going to die. So what do we do? Don't invest in the U.S. stock market at all. Don't invest in your 401k. Don't invest in any of this. Put it all in crypto. The U.S. dollar will die soon. There's one on the career side. Getting a degree as a backup plan is a good idea. And I think a lot of you might be able to relate to this. You have a dream, you have a passion, you're going down a road, and people in your life will say, but you should still get a college degree as a quote-unquote backup plan. What's fascinating is that this quote-unquote backup plan will put you in a spot to get you stuck from which it was intended to provide a way out of. This backup plan was to help you not fail when in pursuit of the backup plan, it causes you to fail. It's it's irony at its finest, I think. And I think so many people get stuck in this trap of going down the road of getting a degree as a backup plan when they don't even know what they want to do. They're going deeply into debt to get there, and that causes them to have to go to a backup career to pay for the debt caused by the backup plan. It's an insane notion, but it's very common. And so when this person, two people actually sent that in in the response, and I thought, yeah, I'm seeing it all the time, too. On the education front, flip-flop, it's too late to go back to school to further your education. Total lie. It's never too late. Nobody says you have to go to college the day you graduate high school. I have lots of young friends that do mission work for a year or two or three and then go to college. I have lots of friends that are in their 30s and decide to go to college. It's never too late. Education is a good thing if it's done for the right reasons. and So it's never too late. All right. For all, for all you toxic Christians out there, now I can say this because I'm I'm a Christian. I, I talk to churches all the time. I believe in the Bible. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. Debt is a sin. Oh, that's a toxic one that we hear so often is that especially this comes from the Dave Ramsey crowd. And, and, I, and Dave Ramsey doesn't say this, but it gets interpreted this way in the Christian community. Dave Ramsey does not say this, but it is commonly believed by this group of Christians that debt is sin. Debt is not a sin. It never says that in the Bible. Now, I would, I would agree that debt sucks, that debt hurts us that debt stunts our growth and it inhibits our ability to live our dreams, but it is not a sin. Now, while we are on the the topic of of toxic Christian beliefs, another one that that several people responded to me, and I've seen this a lot in my life, if you pray for wealth, God will deliver it. You speak it into being, God will deliver it. If you ask God for piles and piles of money so you can swim around like Scrooge McDuck, God will deliver it. That is not true. That is false. That's not how it works. And I'm not really sure that the stories of the Bible would support that. In fact, I think the people that were most blessed were not wealthy at all and, and had a very tough time. So, no, I don't think that's true, but it is common. Next one. We did we did a podcast about this, but I think we're going to do more because this thing is continually more pervasive You have to be your own boss in order to be happy. Oh, this is such a toxic notion because it's telling us that if we work for somebody, we're building their dream and not ours. I know lots of people that are business owners that are their own bosses that are miserable. And I know people, lots and lots of people that work for somebody and are very happy. They're not their own boss. They have a boss and their boss has a boss and their boss has a boss. They all have bosses and they're happy people. You don't have to be your own boss to be happy. This next one, I think, is, is striking the young adults so, so hard. You need to build a home to show that you've made it financially. That if you have done good and you have a good income, a good job, that you should go buy a home. It's a sign that you made it. I, I, I would not agree with that, um, I'm not against, holistically, I'm not against building homes. I think young people shouldn't be building homes. Uh, me personally, I will never build a home. I have a hard enough time choosing a refrigerator. I can't design a house in all of its colors and aesthetics and in all that goes into it. That's just not me. I'm not against it, though. I have a lot of friends that have built houses. It's been wildly successful for them. They've enjoyed the process. Not for me. But we shouldn't go build a house just because. Next one, debt is inevitable. You will always have debt. This is, this. I think everyone just universally agrees with this, this toxic notion. Everyone is told that you're going to have debt. And I remember the, this conversation I had recently, and I did a podcast about it with this couple that paid off 116000 in debt. And one of the The things they've heard a few times from people that heard about them paying off debt is they said, well, yeah, enjoy it while you can because you're going to be right back in. Why? Because debt is inevitable. And so we hear this all the time. And this is the one that we listen to the most, I think. This is the one that seeps in and it allows us to justify all the decisions to push us right back into debt. Why? Because debt is inevitable according to culture. This next one is extremely toxic for me. And this one, I despise this one so, so much. You shouldn't give until you are wealthy. Until you are wealthy, you are the one in need. You are the one you need to give to. You need to hoard that money. You need to sock it away. You need to build wealth. You need to take care of your family. You need to become a millionaire or a multimillionaire or whatever you want. This is, again... Good plug to to rip on the fire movement. This is the fire movement at its pinnacle right here. You shouldn't give until you are wealthy. I think everybody should give, period. My five-year-old kids give. The high school kids that I walk alongside, they give. College kids should give. Young adults should give. Everybody should give. Generosity always wins, period. It looks different in every season. My five-year-olds, almost five-year-olds, their generosity looks different than the high school kids that I mentor. And the high school kids' generosity looks different than my young adult clients. And my young adult clients, their generosity looks different than my generosity. But generosity always wins. Oh, back to the career. Unless you have a, quote, job, you can't take care of your family. You need a job to take care of your family. This is the opposite of you need to be your own boss. This is the opposite. This is if you're your own boss, you're screwed. If you're your own boss, you won't be able to take care of your family. And for some, that might be true. If you don't do it well, if you have a, if you have a non-traditional job where you don't clock in, you don't make a salary, and you don't have consistent pay, it's tough sometimes. but it doesn't mean you can't do it, and it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. I had a, a very known income, a very fixed income for 15 years, and now I don't. I don't know if I'm going to have enough money to feed my family next month. But we always have. It's been very fulfilling. My business partner, Cole Netten, who's the producer of the show, him and his wife both have non-traditional jobs. And they have a baby and they have a house and they live an amazing life. And I can say that about a lot of my clients and a lot of people that surround me. And I have one friend, one of my closest friends, once heard from a family member, and he has a non-traditional job, and one time he was at a family event, and his family member asked him the question, when are you going to get a real job? A real job. As if what he does every day is make-believe. As if what he does every day doesn't count if it doesn't matter. That's so toxic. Another one is, you shouldn't have kids until you have a good income with good benefits. Well, last time I checked, we don't put money ahead of the most important things in life. That's why this is called meaning over money. We always put meaning ahead of money. And that's especially true with marriage and children. We'll figure it out. A lot of families start with making very little and they figure it out. Why? Because it's important. It's oh so important. And so I hear this all the time. I hear this. I have a lot of clients that are struggling with this and we talk about it frequently where they'll say, we want to have kids but, and then they list out some financial goals. And I always say, guys, don't, don't, don't let finances get in the way of sweet babies. Don't, don't, don't let that happen. Don't, don't let the money dictate your family. We'll figure the money out. We will figure it out always. Ooh, another one. We're getting into credit cards. This is some of my favorite. You need to open a credit card and continually use it so that you can build credit. Now we already did an episode on building credit, but I can just say we do not need to open credit cards. Remember up top, When I said at the beginning of this episode, when I said 60% of Americans have a credit card balance from month to month with an average household balance of over $8,000. And so this idea that, oh, you have to get a credit card and you have to use it, pay it off every month, but then you have to keep using it. Well, how is that working out for us? It's not. It's not working out for us very well at all because credit cards work very well until the moment they don't. We're going to do a whole episode on this very soon, but this is toxic And it reaches down to like 14, 15, 16-year-olds. I have high school kids that reach out to me frequently and they say, Travis, my parents want me to open a credit card and I don't think I should. How do I handle it? It's pretty common. To go along with that, here's another one that I received in my Instagram. You shouldn't use a debit card to purchase things online. It's too dangerous. What happens if your debit card gets stolen? Well, about the same thing that happens if your credit card gets stolen. And And I hate to break it to people, but it's going to get stolen. That's just the day and age we live in. There's so much hacking going on. We, our, our information's out there so much. It's going to happen. I would venture to say that my wife and I, together, have probably had our debit card stolen probably five times in the last decade. And that's just a guess. I don't know if that's true, but probably at least five times in the last decade. It happens too frequently. And do you know how much money we've lost total? 0 we don't lose money. Your card's going to get stolen. You're not You're not going to lose. If it's stolen, you're not liable. And that's a myth in our society. This and that's, It's a justification for using a credit card. So that's one I see all the time too. And here's the most crazy one. This is the most crazy thing that I got on my Instagram. And I need to have a follow-up. I need to get the story here. But this person said that multiple people in their life including their banker, remember this, including their personal banker. Who's, who's an expert, right? We, we, we talk about putting people on a pedestal and who do we respect and whose feedback do we listen to. This is their banker. This person said they were encouraged to open a credit card and hide it from their spouse. That's right. They were told they should open a secret credit card and keep it away from their spouse. You want to talk about relational damage. Man, this whole meaning over money thing, guys, it's about so much more than money. And we're sabotaging relationships. We are hurting our careers and our calling and our dreams. And we have a choice to make. We can listen to all these people around us or we can make good decisions. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard to take advice, and it's, it's, somewhat, it's somewhat ironic that there's a person on the other end of your device giving you advice, asking you to be careful in who you take advice from. I get that. I understand the irony of that, and, but I do feel the responsibility of that as well. I feel the weight and the responsibility of being somebody who is giving advice, who's giving guidance, who wants better for people than normal. And so even when I'm talking, take me with a grain of salt. I'm not perfect. I'm not the best. I'm not the smartest person. I'm not any of those things. But I do care. I care deeply. And so take my advice for what it is. Weigh it against the other advice you're getting in your life and then make the decision. Make the decision that's best for you and for your family and for your future. And when we do that, we will have success when we do the right things for the right reasons, it will sort itself out in the end. That's all I have today. If you'd like to connect with us outside of the podcast, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram, Meaning Over Money. You can find me, Travis Shelton, on Instagram as well. You can find our YouTube channel. And of course, you can find our financial course for young adults titled, Uniquely, Meaning Over Money, where we teach young adults how to live for the meaning and not for the money. And as a podcast listener, please do not pay full price. We have a 25% off promo code. If you use the promo code podcast25, podcast25, and you can get 25% off any of our courses. That may be a good next step if you're ready to go deeper. But if you're not, and you just want to be here for the, the podcast, we're so grateful that you're here, and we hope it continues to add value to your journey. Take care, guys.